Okay, freaks, this is the guide to your psychopath. This podcast is not about me telling you how you're fucked up. I'm here to learn about your past and how it affects your decision making. I've been studying people for a long time now, but I've never asked them about how their mind goes through the process. I want to read your guide. I want to know how you think and feel. This will not be edited to take snippets out of context, but I believe everyone will benefit from hearing all of the conversation. Learning your guide will make it better for me to understand you. Welcome to the Guide to Your Psychopath. This episode is going to be about home life, okay? And uh, we're going to talk about a myriad of things, and hopefully uh, we can get through it before you kill me. <laughs> um, but I know uh, you've been going through college and uh, you've been trying to push a lot lately with uh, getting through your classes here at the local city college. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm almost done with junior college and it's taken me a while because of life. Because of life, I've always put family first. Mm. So family takes precedent over anything. Everything. Everything. So as long as I have the support of my family, then I continue to go to school. So now that I, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, I'm pushing myself a lot more to... You know, to continue doing well, to continue to hold my GPA and do the work that I need to do, um, do it well, make connections, meet people, get out of my comfort zone, go out and meet people, do things that I normally wouldn't do, and just put myself out there. Now, when you say uh, meet people, mm-hmm. are you talking about like just homeless or are you no. talking about going out to the bars? and no. I mean, like, I mean, like, um, going out to these events called deaf events, um, and they're, they're events put on by the local, um, interpreting company or agency and everyone's, everyone's welcome to go and they have like games and food and you just, it's like, um, it's like a, how can I say it? It's like a mingle. You just mingle with people. And the majority of the people are deaf. And you just start to get to know people. And you know me. I'm a creature of habit. I, I stay in my bubble. I do what I do on a daily basis all the time. I have to be on a routine. Mm-hmm. So for me to go out and meet people, it's, it's different. It's, I have to get out of my comfort zone. And I don't mind it because I'm getting to know people and getting to know m- more people, and it's it's interesting. It's fun, and I need to do that more. Now, just to give a brief description about why you're spending a lot of time with the deaf people. It's because I'm going to school at, uh, for American Sign Language. Um, for right now, I'm getting my degree in... Communicative disorders with an with American Sign Language, so that's why I'm spending a lot of time within the deaf community 
going to the, these deaf events, going to deaf conventions, um, doing, just doing new things, meeting new people. I didn't know that up here there's a large community of deaf, which is it's pretty interesting. If you when you start getting to study and and know their culture, it's just like you get to know any other culture, right? Mm. You get to know the appropriate things to do in the culture, the not things that are inappropriate, and it's pretty neat to to learn about different cultures. Now, <clears throat> even within the deaf community, <clears throat> mm-hmm. do you see uh, a lot of uh, differences between one, let's say, side and the other? Um, I do. I see it now more, more now that I'm getting more into studying about the culture and about lit- the deaf literature, the deaf history, uh, the culture itself, where <clears throat> the older generation, some of the older generation is really against cochlear implants, where you have, like, the younger generation who, like, they don't really, they don't really mind it. Like, if they do it, they do it. If they don't, they don't. But the older community the older members of the community see the cochlear implants as you're, you're becoming one of them. Like you're becoming part of the hearing world. And I can see it. I mean, I don't, I can't see it from both sides. Right. But I see more, I'm being more exposed to it because I have a friend who is deaf, Mm -hmm. but like I tell her, she's part of both worlds because she has a cochlear implant so she can hear, but if she doesn't have the cochlear implant, like when she disconnects it, she's deaf. So she's in the deaf world, but she has like one foot in the hearing world and one in the deaf world. But what's kind of neat about her too is that chick can read lips, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Yeah. Which is hard to do, but she taught herself how to read lips and she can do it pretty accurate, accurately. Mm-hmm. I remember before we became friends we were starting class and <clears throat> I was talking to one of my professors and he signs cause he's 100% deaf. So we were signing and I was talking to another student who, who hears and my friend, she told me later, she goes, I was able to read your lips from the distance that you were at. And I asked her, well, what did I say? <laughs> She told me verbatim what I had said. I'm like, you're you're a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you started college, mm. like when you first started college, I majored in everything. <laughs> <laughs> what was what what was your aspirations? My aspirations at the time. So when I was in like right before, when I was graduating high school, I was in the pre-veterinary medicine program at school. So all my classes were geared towards pre-veterinary medicine because I wanted to be a a veterinarian. But that quickly became a no because I needed to know a lot of math and math and I don't get along. Hmm. We're we're at a, a mutual relationship now, now that I 
kind of like embraced it a little bit this last semester or last semester. But I started changing my my mind once I got into college. Then I started pursuing law enforcement. And I was in law enforcement classes for the, a long time. And I, I don't know. I think s- something happened. I was doing, I had passed my test for the sheriff's department and I did the agility and I was on, I got, I got my invitation and my packet to do my background. And I remember I was at work one day and I had stepped off the school bus and I didn't calculate the, the height or whatever, cause it was a different bus. And I stepped onto the asphalt <clears throat> And I just remember stepping down wrong and my knee instantly felt weird. And then like maybe an hour later, I pulled my pant leg up and it was just swollen. And it didn't hurt, right? But it just felt weird. And then it was swollen and then it jiggled like jelly. And it was like that for a couple days. And then finally I'm like, I need to, I think I need to tell my boss. So I ended up telling my boss, and he's like, well, you need to go to the to the work injury doctor. So I did, and they're like, oh, you tore your, your ligaments in your knee. And I'm like, but I can't because I have to go do more physical training for the sheriff's department. And they're like, uh, that's not going to happen because you continue to do the, what, you are, what you're doing, and I guarantee you're going to have a total knee replacement. And there's no guarantee how that's going to turn out. So I thought, mm, maybe that's a sign for me not to go into it. And at that point, my heart wasn't into it anymore. So then I thought... <clears throat> you had already met me, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then I thought, mm, let me go into... Let me be a teacher. So I started doing things like taking child development classes and all that. And then I quickly realized I cannot be in a room with kindergartners or first graders, second graders, no, uh-uh. I am one of those weirdos that I do like working with junior high kids. Mm. I know, but I do. I get along with them. Okay. Maybe because we have the same mentality. <laughs> the, the same, same maturity. Ad- the same attitude <laughs> where I know all and the world knows nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but I get along with them. But, it, but I also get along with high schoolers. And it's not just any high schoolers, right, or any middle schoolers. I had always worked with junior high, middle school, high school kids who were... Um, special needs. Special needs. So then I thought, mm, no, I quickly got out of that program. I think I only lasted like a semester. And then I thought, you know communications and photography and I killed it like I did really well you're really good at taking pictures thank you uh, and <clears throat> you don't take a lot of pictures of people people no but the <clears throat> pictures some of these pictures that you have taken of me and the boys are awesome but they don't even measure up to the pictures that you've taken of structure architecture architecture so my my strengths in photography are not of people. Um, my strengths are landscape photography 
and architecture photography mm. in black and white. Mm. So um, one of my projects in school was a series. Of, it had to be a series, right? So you had to have like a, at the end of the semester, you had to showcase your series of, photo, of photographs. And it had to be like a sequence. So my sequence were doors. So my teacher asked, at, you know, when I showcased my, my pictures, because they all had to be framed and developed and framed and everything. So they were on display in the art building at school. And when we went, the teacher went around, you know, looking at them and critiquing them. And then he's like, what, what's your, what is your thing behind the doors? Like, what, why did you choose doors? And I go, so all, the, all six pictures are black and white right? They're all pictures of these beautiful doors. And they were beautiful. Like, we went to San Diego, we took pictures at, down in, in Balboa, of the theater, and there were so many doors that were different, architecture, and then I went to the Claremont Colleges, and I took pictures of the doors of the universities. And then when we were in Balboa, there was, in the Spanish district, there was a door that really caught my eye that was color. And that was the only picture that I developed in color. So when it was my turn to speak about my, my sequence, <clears throat> I told him, you know, every door, everyone here, everyone in this world has a door that is theirs to open. And no matter how beautiful the door may be, sometimes those doors aren't, a, aren't meant for us to open. And those doors, as beautiful as they are, they're not mine to open. So one was pre-veterinary medicine, one was law enforcement, one was... Teaching. Teaching. <clears throat> the other one... The, the last one ended up being photography. And the colored door, I kind of... I told him, I don't know what the colored door is yet, but I know that one's mine. That one's meant for me, and when the right time comes, it will open for me. But the color door wasn't <clears throat> anything that had in great detail. It just had vibrant... Vibrant colors. Uh, just kind of culturally Hispanic colors. And yeah, I guess you can say that. Yeah. But that's not why it was just... That's not why I picked, you know... It stood out to me, right? Yeah. Like, it was so colorful, and the, the bogambilia around it was just... Yeah. It was simple, but yet classy. So that door is slowly opening for me. Um, so that's the, that's my door. And if like years later, fast forward, that that's becoming my door to open. Yeah. You know, metaphorically, I guess. So. <clears throat> and so now you're in a different program. And you're, to me, mm. it looks like you are thriving. Um, Thank you. I've seen a huge, huge improvement in your ASL. And not only when you talk to other people, but when you talk to me, you, you also sign at the same time. And you try to teach me things, but uh, the only things that I've retained in my mind are the bad words. <laughs> but I try not to teach you the bad words. <laughs> and so... Uh, well, they were not... Oh, bad signs. The bad signs. 
Yeah. And so you're trying to uh, complete your here at the junior college, uh, and you'll end up having your AA. Right, and transferring to Fresno. I had the idea of transferring to Fresno. Well, my credits and everything is geared towards the ITP program at Fresno State, which is the interpreter training program. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm looking forward to it and everything, but I did have a talk with my sister. So, okay, the ITP program, is that yeah. a certification? Is that no, a... it's a degree. It's a degree. It's a degree. Um, that's the only university up here that offers a degree in the program. Mm. Uh, Bakersfield University only offers a certification. <clears throat> but if I'm going to be going to school, I might as well just go for the degree instead of the certification. And You know, I interviewed, you were there when we interviewed the other interpreters. One was certified and one was not. Um, and one... You know, one is going. One had finished the ITP program at Fresno, and the other one didn't. Like she didn't continue. She's going to school for something else, but she's not doing it in sign language. But she's still an interpreter. She's still an interpreter. Yeah. Um, But I I lost my frame of thought. You're talking about the interviewees. Oh. Yeah, but I still forgot. (laughs) So one got a degree and one didn't. Oh, right. So, like, for me, my whole thing behind continuing and going as far as I can is because I am tired of hearing people tell me, well, you can't do that because you don't have the degree. Or you can't do that because you you didn't finish school. So now that the boys are getting older... And they're doing, they're kind of doing their own things with their sports and school activities and stuff. And it's my time to concentrate as much as I can on school so that I don't hear that anymore. So do you think with the boys being self-sufficient and them doing their own thing, does that make it harder or easier for you to do what you need to do? Uh, Kind of. Both. Like, I still need to wrangle them in when they're getting a little too cocky with their grades. And they're, the oldest one is, you know... Being he, a teenager. He's being a teenager. He's very social. He's very friendly. He's very distracted. Very distracted. So he can't be off the... He can't be off... You can't retract that leash too much. You have to push the button and have him you know, kind of throttle back a little throttle bit. back a little bit and be slapped around and he has to realize, no, he can't do that. So it kind of takes my focus off of school for a little bit because he needs to be put back on the path. On right? track. On track. So then I get, you know, I get disgruntled and, and then I have to be put back on, on my my track. So <clears throat> because you don't like disruptions. I don't like distractions. You like order, you like organization. I do, and it's not because I need to con- 
because I need to have the control. That's not, that's not it. It's the fact that I did go get tested for AD, for a, a, some type of learning disability at school. And my, the counselor who tested me, she was like, I cannot believe you have gotten this far in school with no, no help and no medication or anything. She's like, how have you done it? I'm like, I don't know. Very slowly, slowly, but it's, it's, it's that, that I need to have a routine and I need to have things in order, everything in order, going from the car to the house, to my backpack, to my bags, to the kids, to everything, because everything around me has to be organized or I feel that the on like the disorganization and I feel my anxiety like creeping. So the only way to keep it at bay is to keep on top of my work, right? <clears throat> to do my assignments ahead of time. To make sure that the boys are on their track and that the house is clean. Is clean. Like I cannot it's not because I'm a neat freak or anything. It's that for that reason. Like my the house has to be clean because then I that's the only thing I'm concentrating on then. Like before I do homework, I have to clean the kitchen because if I notice that there's a couple dishes in the sink, then that's completely distracting me from my work. So it's not that I need to control. It's just that things have to be, for me, have to be organized. And then, because if not, then it just, it just, and I don't know how people can function, you know, like doing things at the last minute or, you know, just doing things at the, you know, at, at a whim. I can't, I, I can't do that. That's just me. You know, and people are like, oh, you're so controlling. It's not that I'm controlling, but think what you want to think. I don't care. So this is how I function, and this is how my, my house rolls. And you don't like it, there's the door. You can leave. So <clears throat> the boys, one of them's going into eighth grade. He's they're Actually, they're both finishing <coughs> up in what, a week? Two, two weeks. weeks. They're both finishing up school in two weeks. This year went by fast. Yeah, and one of them's going into eighth grade next year, and the other one's going to be a junior in high school. Your baby is going into (coughs) eighth grade. I know. And your oldest is is going to be a junior in high school. Junior in high school. I know. I, I was talking to their kindergarten teacher the other day, and you, even though I don't see her, we still keep in contact. And I was, we were texting each other back and forth, and, and I, I sent her a picture of our oldest when he was in her class, his kindergarten picture. And she's like, oh, my gosh, my, my, little, my little guy. And then I sent her a picture of that black and white picture that one of the photographers from the football team took, mm-hmm. and I switched it to black and white. And he's in his uniform, and he's at his in his stance for football. And I think he was going to go tackle someone when they snapped the picture. And I send that to her. She's like, oh, my gosh, he looks like a man. 
I'm like, well, he's not a little boy. He's going to be 16. He's a young man. He's going to be 16 <clears throat> this year. He's, I don't know, six foot two, six foot one. Mm-hmm. He's 250 pounds. Is he? He's, he, he looks he, thin. He's, he, he's lost some weight. He looks thin. So he might be about 230, 240. He's solid. But he's, but he's not fat. He's solid. He's got a little bit of chubbiness to him, but he's working out. He's practicing with football. He's doing all these I things. I know he'll lose more, he'll he's lose gonna more weight keep in the summer. Not only growing taller, but he's going to keep building muscle. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. Is He's not fluffy. He's gaining muscle. That too. Yeah. And he pushed me one day and I felt it. <laughs> I'm like, ow. So, but I mean, I'm, I honestly, I know there's a lot of parents out there that are like, oh my gosh, I wish that they can stay little forever. Part of me, yeah, you know, but the majority of me is like excited to see just how they're turning out to be. They're respectful. They mind their manners. That's one of the most important things of this household is that... <clears throat> they mind their manners? They, they're very respectful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and when, they, not only when, they, when they're in this house, but well, when they're in other... Especially when they're in other people's houses. When they're in other people's homes, they're respectful. They mind their manners. They're helpful. And they're helpful. Yeah. So, I mean, we got, we got lucky with good kids because I know I've seen some parents who are struggling with their kids and... You know, it's it's hard to see that, you know, a parent struggling with their kid, mm-hmm. you know, but we're fortunate enough to have good kids. You know, they're healthy, <clears throat> way too healthy because they eat too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but I'm excited to see how they're turning out to be. What they're becoming. What they're becoming. What they're growing into, yeah. You know, if the other one can talk a little bit more instead of one-word answers. <clears throat> Are you sure you want him to talk? Cause that's I know. Our... He burns people when he talks. <laughs> so maybe not yet. <laughs> so the oldest one is easygoing. He's a big teddy bear. Mm-hmm. And the youngest one is fantastic to the max. Yes. Means he has a healthy brain. Oof. He's going to live forever. They, they, and both of them are definitely smart. They're, yes. They're, They're just, both smart. One is just too distracted, way too distracted. Mm-hmm. May God be with, who, with him when he gets a job. <laughs> I mean,. He wants to work at Dutch Brothers. <laughs> it, 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 Get the order right, kid. It's a high pace. But work, he, but yeah. that's like that's what he likes. He likes all that mingling and busy, and busy. And there's a lot of kids, and they all look grungy, and they all look like they just roll out of bed <laughs> and start taking orders. Like, do I want to give my credit card to this person? Why not? But our kid isn't grungy. He's... He, no, he takes like, what, three showers a day. He takes care of himself. He, a little too much. Well, the youngest one does too. Yeah, they both have good hygiene. They both have good hygiene. Yeah. Both. And, and to me, 
I don't know. Their hairdos is different <laughs> from what I grew up with. I mean, we how long did we... Maybe they're rebelling, Louie, because we had them for the longest time with high and tight haircuts. Yes. Every weekend, just about every weekend, they had to have a haircut. hmm And since moving up here and then the pandemic hit, they're just like... No. No, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. I but think- that's, that was around the same time as the, the whole culture of the kids in high school or the kids in this area started growing out all their hair. Yeah, I remember I took Sebastian to go get his hair cut at a salon because he's very selective on who touches his hair, what they use. Like, he won't use clippers. Mm-hmm. He likes just the scissors. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the last haircut he got. That is the last haircut he got. That was, what, three years ago? Yes. So. I think two, but yeah. I remember we were sitting there and I look over and there's a he might have been like 15. He was getting a perm because that's when the whole curly hair started. Started, And I look over and I'm like, man, you guys are so lucky that you guys have natural. Our kids are so lucky because our kids have very natural curly hair. Yeah. One has it thick and coily and the other one has it like he looks like a... Like a unicorn with that majestic mane of curls. And people compliment them, especially compliment Sebastian on his hair all the time. Yes. And when you get your hands on his hair, if he lets you, it's like an angelic cloud. (laughs) It's super soft. And he won't just use any hair product in his hair. He, he actually he, researches... He researches the products yeah. because he makes sure that there's no formaldehyde, that how many how many lawsuits have this company had. <laughs> and I remember, I look at the prices, right? I just went to go grab the cheapest thing because I needed something quick. And he made a remark under his breath like, yeah, good luck with having fried hair. Or you want to look bald? And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's just shampoo. He was like, no, that house, that has this. And that, that company has had, I don't know how many lawsuits and blah, blah, blah. So now I pay a little bit more for my products. For my products and I have to say my hair does feel better. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Sebastian. And the older one, too, he's been taking care of his hair more now, too. Yeah, it's a constant, Mom, can you take me to Target? Mom, can you take me to Target? Mom, can you go, can I, can we go to Target so we can buy this hair product? And I, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but it's been a couple years now where they, them, between them two, they haven't really they don't talked talk. to each other. Oh, they, they, they don't, they don't. But when it comes to doing they, their hair, they the ask, oldest one asks ask the youngest one, hey, what do you do for this and what do you do for that? So yeah. they've been communicating more often lately just because it has to do with hair. Well, I think it, what, it was the last weekend where, or the weekend before I took him to Target because the oldest one wanted some specific hair product for his hair. And the youngest one is like, oh, I got a coupon. Do you want it? So <laughs> they're, now they're sharing coupons. <laughs> so I don't care how they, like, now that they're communicating at least. At least that much. Because now, before, for a while there, it was like, uh, Louie, don't forget your brother's here at home, okay? Oh, 
he's still here? Like, where else is he going to go? Watch him. (laughs) Not that he needs to be watched, but yeah. Yeah, it's just been a little crazy. I don't know how they're going to do it when the oldest one is a senior and the youngest one is going to be a freshman. They're Mm going to be back in the same school together. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're, how that's going to happen. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just hope that Sebastian finds his niche in high school, or he finds, he starts to find more interest next year in eighth grade. Um, in something. In something. I know this year he did track and field, which he's very good at. He's good at the discus and shot put and stuff. <clears throat> and he was in band. Marching band, advanced band, beginning band. So I hope he comes out of his shell a little bit more next year. Um, And then come freshman year, he'll start finding out that there's more things to do in high school, more clubs to join, more sports, more activities. So whatever the boys choose to do, they always know that we're there to support them. Mm -hmm. So... Maybe that's how he got into the boosters. <laughs> yes. But we, that's how my parents were. My parents were very much involved in everything we did. Yeah, whether, you grew up that way. Yeah, whether it was being in soccer, my dad was a, uh, an assistant coach. Me being in Girl Scouts, my dad was one of the only dads who would go on... Like, I remember one time I was in Brownies, and we were camping out at the Santa Fe Dam, and my dad was the only dad there putting up tents. Then he left. Like, he went back home. My mom and my dad were involved in boosters when I was in high school, in the band boosters. They were there. My mom, maybe my mom not so much, was there on Fridays because she was working in in LA or Whittier at the time <clears throat> and Friday nights were football nights right so she would do Bus, she would she drive would, around she buses. would drive around the buses but then she started working in the office so that became less and less but at that time when I was in high school my mom was still a driver <clears throat> so Friday nights were football football nights and then Saturdays were um but band. you were in band at that time I was in band. Yeah. So, but my, like what I'm saying is that my mom at that time, Friday nights were football nights and then Saturdays were band competitions. Mm. So my dad was the one that was there because he would come home earlier than my mom. So then he would, he would go home and then he would like go straight to the high school and then he would, he would cook, he would cook hamburgers every Friday night. To, for us to raise money for the band. Mm-hmm. But then someone told him, oh, you should grill the onions. So then my dad would start grilling the onions. And then people from the opposing side would come to the home side and buy the hamburgers because, because it's, they smelled so good. And my dad was like, my dad did that for the entire four years of me being in school. Mm-hmm. And then Saturdays... <clears throat> he, we would wake up early and he would drive me to school and he would drive the equipment truck and he would load up the equipment truck and then he would drive it to where, where we were competing. And that was my dad's 
my dad's life for four <laughs> for four years, but that's all I that's what I grew up knowing. Mm-hmm. My parents being involved, yeah. right? So for me not to be involved in my boys' activities would be awkward. Or would weird. be awkward because I'd be like, well, that's not right. Yeah. Right. Like, and I and I see a lot of like the parents just like dropping off the kids and then going back home. And I'm like, how can you not be involved in your kids' things? You know? Like, sometimes I feel bad when I tell Sebastian, hey, do you mind that I don't go to your band thing? Maybe your, you know, your dad's going to go. And I feel bad because, you know, I, I'm just super tired. You know, the last time I was at one of his, one of his concerts, I was asleep. <laughs> 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 Until the band started playing, then I, you know, I, I got startled and I woke <laughs> But you can't blame me. It was a cold place. It was dark. The seats were comfortable. I you had been in school and I work. had been in school. I went to work. I was pract- I was trying to finish up final, like some final projects for my finals. And then, you know, <clears throat> I go to the auditorium and I just fell asleep. <laughs> I grew up different. I know. I grew up and I, I didn't grow up with my mom and dad. Right. My mom and dad never got married. My mom and dad never, as far as I know it, I don't remember ever being them being together. Mm-hmm. And so I bounced around from family member to family member. And back then, my, my aunts and uncles were trying to support their kids. Each one of them had three kids. And trying to support me at the same time. So they had to work a lot. Mm-hmm. And so they were always gone. Uh, they worked nights a lot because they paid more money and they worked overtime. And they did this and they did that and all to support <laughs> whatever they could, right? Right. And they, the only time we ever got to spend a lot of time is obviously parties, but uh, on the weekend, we would religiously have breakfast at the house. Mm-hmm. And breakfast was for everybody, and it was a big deal. They made huge breakfast, either pancakes or some kind of Mexican, whatever. And I, I think that's still instilled in, in your head because of the... The breakfasts that you make yes. for four of us. Yes. I, I and it's just and that's to, to me, I'm looking at it like, oh, that's that's a waste of food because who's gonna eat that? One of them doesn't eat bacon. <laughs> and you make loads and loads of bacon. I make a package of bacon. And I'm like, that one doesn't eat bacon. The other one wished he could eat bacon twenty four seven. But that's the way I grew up, right? And they <clears throat> they wanted to be in our lives and they asked us questions whenever they could, but they were tired. They were busy. They were at work. And I just, I grew up not being at home, literally not being with my mom and dad, not being where my residence as was at the time, because I would be out on the street, not gang banging, but playing football, hanging out with the boys. Callejero. Yes. I wasn't getting into a lot of trouble. I was sometimes, but, uh, you know, I was out doing things. And, you know, 
I I do have to you know, I do give you credit. Like if it was somebody else growing up the way you did, their outcome probably wouldn't have been your outcome. Right? Mm-hmm. Like some people say, well, I didn't grow up with my mom and my dad. So <laughs> the only thing I knew was, you know, to be out on the street and I gang banged and I did this and I did that and I had to pay consequences. And you didn't do that. Like you worked, you, you know, you, you were working, you went to school, you graduated, you, <clears throat> I think you said after graduation, you worked on a boat. Yes. And then after that, you went into the military, mm-hmm. right? Those were your choices, right? You had other choices that you could have gone, you could have made. Because I grew up in the ghetto. And other people who grew up with similar circumstances as you didn't... They have records. They, they have records. Times. They have time. They did time, whatever. And, you know, so that's what I give you credit. Like, saliste bien, Luis. And so for me, this, um, the way we run our household and the way and we spend time with the boys doing Booster Club and doing, uh, going to their concerts or taking them to the gym and taking being them there, to Target, oh taking God. them, being their taxi, doing yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's new to me. Is, um, yeah. It's new to me. And. It's not uh, something I'm used to, and I'm not saying that I don't like it. I do love uh, being able to do stuff for my boys. I do love helping you out. I do love doing all this stuff that we do. It's just I don't know how to do it. I really don't. I will show you the way. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just. And, you know, I don't, I don't mind doing it either, right? Mm. Because it's normal for me. Um, we're also fortunate that our boys do come up and talk to us when they need to be, they need to say something, right? I think they come up to me more than they come up to you. They do. And I feel like sometimes like um, the therapist on wheels in the car, <laughs> when I'm alone one-on-one, with one of them, mostly with Luis in a way, right? Like I'll, we talk, I know you had the talk with him, the, the talk, but (laughs) I also, but I also had the talk, the mom version in the car. And he did say a lot of stuff to me and I went like, Oh, Hey, what did I just do? But, but I'm glad that I have that communication with the boys because not very many parents have, a line of communication with their kids, yes. right? And sometimes I say inappropriate things. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I say inappropriate things to the boys. <clears throat> but I think the boys know that I mean it with good intentions. <laughs> with the stu- stupid things that I say that come out of this mouth. <laughs> But they do, I am grateful that they do talk to me, you know. One of them is a little harder to talk to than the other, but I, we still have a line of communication established. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm grateful for that because that's not a 
There's not a lot of parents who can say that. There are some, yeah, but there's not a lot. Yeah, you're right. And so... Why do you contradict everything? If, just agree with me, fool. <laughs> Who's ghetto now? <laughs> so, <clears throat> as everybody could tell, uh, she's high class, I'm low class. Can you stop saying <laughs> that. You're giving me a complex. Stop. <laughs> This arranged marriage was done Callate. so. <laughs> There's no arrange. He wished. Se sacó la pinche loteria. When you married me, you won the lottery, okay? Because you should be glad that I'm not some chick who's just like, buy me the next bag. This is my birthday month. You need to celebrate me every single day. I'm not like that. I, I don't go and spend money. See, even your kid's laughing. Yeah, we hear them too. <laughs> I don't go spend money for, you know, like whatever. And, and that's the thing is the spending part is my You're vice. like a gold digging bitch. <laughs> like I have to say, no, stop buying stuff. Yeah. Right? And I'm not like that. Yeah. No. Yeah, so you should, be, you should be lucky that I use coupons when I go buy things. I want to use coupons too, but I want to take it to the extreme and use be one of those extreme couponers. Well, I take you, like, I know store. I, I know I shouldn't even say this because I feel bad. Should I say it? Say it. That I use you to go get your military <laughs> discount at store. <laughs> I told you I married you for your benefits. You did. I'm going to coach. Let's go, Louis. <laughs> Because I know they give military discounts. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I continue to serve this country. <clears throat> so, I mean, thank you. <laughs> you won the lottery too. With your discount, with your <laughs> benefits. <laughs> Going to a state school and everything. Yeah. So... We are not perfect parents. No, I would never call myself a perfect parent. But we try <clears throat> our best. We try our best with what we have. We try our best. And our boys also, I'm grateful that they're not, they're not materialistic, right? Like, they're not constantly saying, well, I need to, you need to buy me this, and you need to buy me that, and I need this, and I need that. No. We try to buy uh, our 16-year-old, we try to buy him name brand shirts. And, he and was he's like, like no. no, no, no. The other one won't even ask for anything. Yeah. I don't know where he gets his money from. He get, he's got a lot of money. But he has money. and He didn't get his saving habits from me. I know that much. Maybe your Jewish part of the family is <laughs> stuck in him. Yeah. Because he uses coupons. He's a coupon maxinista. Yes, he is. <laughs> and I'm proud of you. Yes. I'm proud of you for knowing the value of the dollar. There he goes. Now, the other one, he's going to be in trouble, trying to save his money, trying to... Yeah, you know, and that's one of the things... Balance that we, his account. That's one of the things that we've taught the boys, too, is there's the difference between a want and a need. And... The youngest one knows the difference. Like, okay, I don't need it, but I, you know, 
I would want it. I would like it. I would like it sometimes, but I don't need it. Mm. Or I do need it, so I'm going to go ahead and buy it. And he'll buy, he buys stuff, and it's like he buys quality stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know another uh, 13-year-old boy who has a collection of coach stuff. stuff. So even the oldest was like, how does he have a coach wallet? Well, because he saved his money. <clears throat> yeah, he bought it all himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, we're lucky in a lot of ways. So. Yeah. And so, trying to let them do whatever they want. Oh, there's an incoming message. Okay. I can't see. I'm blind. Hello. <laughs> I I am proud of you. Oh, you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> Stop it. Alright. Here. So other note said I'm proud of you too. No. Oh you little booger, you're making me tear up. We are trying to let them find their own thing instead of forcing stuff onto them. And right. they're doing a good job about it. Yeah. Um, and I know our 13-year-old, he just turned 13 this year, so he I can he now... I he was 30. Yeah, well, he acts like he's 30. <laughs> he can now start going to the gym if he wanted to, but I think he likes using our... Our uh, home gym. The, yeah, the stuff that we do here at the house. I think I would like to... Add stuff to our home gym. Yeah. Because he likes working out. Mm. And, I mean, if if he would like, maybe we can start adding, like, I don't know, the total... I don't... Like those... Those... Machines. Those machines. A, a weight machine. Right. <clears throat> I've seen some nice ones at Costco. So... A bow flex or a total gym? No, not a bow flex. I don't. I don't really. I didn't really like it. Mm. Um, something that has the weight, like you know, like this. Where you, you know what I'm talking about? Some kind of resistance machine that'll help him build himself. So I, I know he likes the elliptical. I like the elliptical. Um, maybe a row machine. I, I like the row machine. Oh, he's shaking his head. Yeah. So. Was that Chuck Norris has a row machine, doesn't he? <laughs> Who's Chuck Norris? Hello. <laughs> Maybe you should look that up. Uh, it's called Total Gym. Now, there's a nice row machine at Costco that we I've had my eye on. Oh yeah. So maybe we can add that to our collection. Mm. So, or a Pilates machine. Mm, I don't know what a Pilates machine is. It's it's a it's named by a man Pilates who. Invented Pilates? Invented Pilates, the machine. No, Pilates is the type of workout. It's a machine as well. Okay, but... It's a type of workout. And then the machine is based off of the type of workout. Yeah, I don't think it's chunky friendly, though. (laughs) (laughs) I'm chunky, so... I don't think it would be friendly for me. There is a new place up here in Visalia, right here by the... By the... A supermarket that we go to to buy our milk. Yeah, it's called uh, above the bar. Okay, and it's a it's a bar 
studio where... They teach you how to bartend. No, where they teach you like the... All these exercises where you're kind of like like ballet, but it's very... Like they have weights and everything. And I had wanted to take a class through the city, like right through the recreation. But they ended up canceling the class and... And stuff, and then but you have you've to taken be, that in college, Kine- kinesiology. Kinesiology, yeah, yeah, but it's complete something different. Oh, so but then I realized, oh, you have to be barefoot in the class, and you know I don't like being barefoot. Yeah, but then, but you can also wear like these new socks that they have. And it's like they have like this grip on the bottom, and you can use it in the class. I saw a, <coughs> a video. <coughs> And so they have uh, a new place, and it teaches you about working out, and it teaches you uh, about, probably about stretching? Probably. I don't know. It's, it looked interesting, but when I work out, I like to glisten, <laughs> because if I don't glisten, then it feels like I'm not working out. I like to wear the wets like a wetsuit when I'm working out mm. and a hoodie. So like when I take all that stuff off, I'm just like drenched yeah. in sweat. And I'm like, I feel like a melted bar of butter. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't work out. I don't. But You walk a lot. I walk a lot at work. Mm-hmm. That's why you have skinny legs. Uh, okay. <laughs> I have chicken legs, yes. But I've always had chicken legs. But at my work, um, I'm usually, it's, it's on an average of five to six miles a day. Mm-hmm. And on the busiest day, I walk eight miles. And so when I come home, I'm tired. Uh, and it's not to say that I don't want to do stuff with you guys. I just want to relax for a little bit. I don't want to be able to kick my feet up or whatever and then be able to do stuff with you guys afterwards. But You yeah. know you're going to have to take the reins here at home. I know, I know. Coming the I fall I semester, right? I don't, I don't mind that. I'm going to be literally working three jobs. Yeah, and you might so have my, to quit one of them. My morning job, the other job I got at the college, and then... Your classes. My classes. Yeah. So I won't be home... Till later. Yeah. Schedules are going to be different. You're going to have to come home and pick up the boys, do a lot more things. Take them places, do laundry, do dishes. Don't talk to me for like half an hour after I come home because I just need to decompress. Because, you know, si- uh, doing sign language is, is, is interpreting is really exhausting because your brain is switching from ASL structure to English and back and forth and within seconds. And I know what that's like. I know, like I would tell you when I first started in 2004, when I uh, first started doing uh, a corrections job, no longer with corrections, but I started doing a corrections job, that I was working in a high-rise, so I was indoors all the time. Mm -hmm. And nonstop working in one of those housing units. You're on alert. Yeah, I wasn't 
doing a lot of things, but I was always on alert, always watching my back, always looking. Always stress intense. Yeah, stress intense. And I was mentally exhausted coming home. Yeah. I knew that. And so I know how you feel. Yeah, I mean, luckily I'm with a team with another interpreter, right? So we switch on and off. 10 minutes, and then she'll do 10 minutes. But interpreting, we were doing interpreting practices for like three minutes and 30 seconds. And it's felt like forever. And just those three minutes and 30 seconds, I was, it's exhausting because your mind is switching from one to the other. And your hands are working too, and your hands are trying to keep up with what you're trying to say, right? And you're just hoping that the person that you're sending all the information to is is getting it correctly. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you know I'm an introvert. And being in this posi- in this line of work, in this profession, it's all eyes are on you all the time. And it's not just deaf people. It's just not the deaf people that... It's everybody It's in everybody class. in the class because you're literally in the front of the class. Yeah. And some of these classes are auditorium stadium seating. So you're at the bottom and then the class is all around you and it goes up. And you're literally just, I mean, you see these two people with their hands moving and making these faces, facial expressions, and you're just completely not looking at the professor speaking. You're just looking at the interpreter. So you're like, what? What are they doing? So now you have all these eyes on you, and you're like, oh, my God. Why are these people staring at me? And you don't like attention. And I don't like attention. I like attention. I know you do. I like like for people to uh, pay attention to me and do everything that I... Everything they can to uh, notice me. Yeah, and I know, and I try to run away from you when you... Think it's funny to call attention? <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry. I, I don't know who thought this arranged marriage would. Work. Yeah, it's not an arranged marriage. <laughs> you know, and you're lucky that my that if it's an arranged marriage, you're lucky you got arranged with me. Uh, and somebody hated you then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. So, what else would you like to say? <laughs> those those sounds coming out of your mouth as a parent are is, are enough. That's the the every parent out there felt your pain right now. I mean, I just I am fortunate enough to have the kids that I do no. that we do, right? That. And people can call me what they want, you know. They, I've been called the helicopter mom because I'm protective over my my boys. And I don't know what what's bad about per, you know being involved protecting my boys. I don't know why some people think it's okay. So the point is, <clears throat> and I'll give you an insight on that. And, and it's not. Not to say that I don't like you being a helicopter mom, but I, I can see the other side because I've been there. Um, 
and this is a point that's been made by a lot of public people that I only am the way I am because I've gone through my struggles. I only am, I only have the character I have because of all the hurdles that I've had to jump through have made me the person who I am. And so if you don't let your children go through their struggles or through their hurdles, they're never going to develop their character. Right. But I want to protect my kids as much as you do. Right. And I, I, I get it. I know what you were going to say. And I don't, I don't mind. And I understand that they have to make their own mistakes and they have to learn from their own mistakes. But for me to have a line of communication with my boys and to protect my boys in the way that I know how to protect, because that's what is normal to me, because that's, how I grew up, right? I don't understand why people find it at, you know, that they're at liberty to say, oh, you're a helicopter mom. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. These are my kids and no one's going to protect my kids like I do. So maybe that's why I don't have friends. I have very selective, uh, a very selective amount of friends. So anybody who <clears throat> who makes a remark about my boys in a negative light, they can go buck off. I don't need you in my life. I don't need that type of energy around me or around my boys. They can be around you, but don't bring them around me. So... <laughs> I need to rub my own ears. <laughs> <laughs> Woo-sa. Mm. Those aren't your friends. Those, are, those were never my friends, and those will never be my friends, and I don't ever want them around me or my boys. What do you think the boys should know later on? That this world is a kind place. It's just the people. There's certain people that just make it ugly. And it's not a lot of people. It's not a lot of people. And you, if you want something, it's not going to be handed to you. You have to work for it. Because if it's handed to you, you're not going to appreciate it. But if you work for it and you take the steps to accomplish it and achieve it, you're going to appreciate it so much more. Yeah. And I know, and I like always, always have boundaries, set your boundaries with people. Don't let people cross or disrespect your boundaries. Don't let people walk all over you. Yeah. Don't let people mistake your kindness for being naive and dumb and, stuff our oldest boy uh found that out yeah there was somebody who was trying to take advantage of his kindness are you talking about the girl yeah (laughs) (laughs) don't let me meet her because i'll scratch her eyes out (laughs) but he learned he learned 
And I think that was his first, his first heartbreak. His first rejection. His first rejection. Well, I guess in a way. One of his first rejections. He got played, right? Yeah. But she got, and she ended up getting played too by somebody else. So karma was a bitch. I hope she slapped her. Anyway. But what, like, I told Louie when we were talking, when we were having that heart-to-heart before you came into the room, I told him, you know, if they weren't called crushes, they would be called something else. Like, they hurt, but they only hurt for a little bit, you know, and she wasn't meant to be. So skedaddle, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You basic bitch. Basic bitch. (laughs) Don't settle for basic, Luis. All right. Anything else? Um, pray for me this summer. <laughs> I'm going to be hurting this summer mm. in school. It's going to be a long, a long four weeks. You might have to quit your early morning job. You know, when I told my boss, when I, I didn't tell him. I just mentioned it to him that he might have to work with my, with my new schedule. And he's like, all right, you know, I'll work with you in any way I can, but why? And I told him, because I got offered another job. And he's like, the look on his face was like, like he had seen a ghost. Don't leave me. Why do you want to leave me? (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not leaving. I can't leave you yet. Like, as much as I want to, I can't. But I might have to leave that job. Yeah. Because it might be too much. Might be too much, and I'm going to be getting paid more at the other, at the other job. Yeah. So I think. Yeah. So the only the only convenience about <laughs> working where I work right now is getting the paycheck every two weeks, which is nice because it's play money, right? Okay. So I mean, we're not worried about the money that's coming in. I mean, it's no, nice to have, but it's nice to have because it's extra money. Yes, but you are going to have to put your rest into priorities. So that might. Right. <clears throat> and my priority too is, is, you know, I'm almost at that finish line of school and I can't just stop. And you're not taking this other job because it pays more. You're taking it because it's part of the profession that you want to get into. Uh, it's more of an experience. Yes. It's the experience and the exposure that I'm going to be getting. So it kind of just, it's just, it was just one of those things where ask and you shall receive. Like I asked and I got it. And now I'm thinking, oh shit, what did I get myself into? Be careful what you ask for. Exactly. (laughs) Because you might just get everything you want. Right. Because I was just, just asking my teacher, like, what is it? What are you looking for? You know, for because she hires students who she thinks will do well, and she just doesn't hire anybody. Like you can be so skilled, but she will not hire you because you'll have a shitty, a shitty personality, ethics, personality, personality and ethics and whatever. She's like, no, I don't want anything disrupting my group. And I remember I just stopped her after class one day, and I I had actually sent her an email, and she wasn't getting back to me, and I'm like, oh. Isn't she getting back to me? She's always on the computer on her phone. But she stopped me after class. She came up to me before class. She's like, I read your email, but I don't want to. I don't want to send you an email. I'd rather just talk to you. So I had her twice in 
her class twice in one day. So she, we talked after class, and she's like, she told me everything that she was expecting in an interpreter part of her team. And then, like, a couple weeks later, it was like, oh, you're on, you know, you're going to start in the fall with one student. And I'm like, cool, I'll be a baby interpreter, you know, a newbie. I need to start somewhere, start me off small. And then I went to a meeting on Friday, Thursday, uh, on the last day of, of class. And I went to her office and we sat down and she gave me the schedule. And then I look and she gave me two more kids, like two more students. So I'm like, I have three, Monday through Thursday, plus my classes. So luckily one of the classes is online. The other one I had to drop because it was conflicting with the schedule. But <clears throat> I can try to find something in the morning. Maybe I can go to school in the morning and then right after class just walk and meet my student students for that Interpret. interpreting. One's going to be easy because it's an art class. So it's not really talking in the art class because it's more it's a studio, uh, studio art class. So she's just going to be sketching and drawing for three hours so cool but as long as she's there i get paid and i interpret whatever the teacher says so so we'll see how i do i might be bald by by the end of this year so i may look 60 instead of what i re what my age i am right now those gray hairs are going to start to expand you know you make fun of my gray hair but dude i get a lot of compliments on this stripe right here yes it looks nice. The skunk stripe. Yeah. Put your camera away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we good? Yep. Nothing else you want to tell? Um, Nothing else you want to say? I think well, for now we'll be all right. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks for listening. Yay. Bye. All right. Well, that's it for now. I want to be clear on something. No one person grows up the same. Everyone has their own opinion and how they come up with it. That's why I started this, so that I can understand you and your guide to your path. If we all have different strengths, then maybe, just maybe, we can learn from each other.